seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Lucy Letby is accused of the murder of seven babies and the attempted murder of ten others. While she was working on the neonatal unit at the Countess of Chester Hospital, Letby denies all of the charges over the incidents. Lucy Letby was the only person working on the night shift. It was alleged in court that their mother was apparently told by Miss Letby, trust me, I'm a nurse. This is a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It involves the most shocking of allegations, the alleged murders and attempted murders of tiny, premature babies at the hands of a neonatal nurse whose very job it was to look after them. Lucy Letby is on trial at Manchester Crown Court, accused of killing seven infants and injuring ten more at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Cheshire. In total, there are 22 charges, all of which she denies. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for the Mail, I will be in court to report on the case as it develops. And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist. Every week on this podcast, we'll examine what's happened and bring you the details behind the headlines. This is the trial of Lucy Letby. The case against Lucy Letby is that she murdered or tried to kill 17 babies while she was working as a neonatal nurse at the Countess of Chester Hospital in the northwest of England. She denies the charges. The babies in this trial are not being named for legal reasons, and the identities of their families are also being protected. They're known only as babies A to Q. Seven of the babies died. Ten survived. Each one of these babies was or is someone's son or daughter. And the mums, dads and families of every baby are present in court, listening to every detail of how their child was allegedly killed or harmed. We'll be bringing you that detail as the jury is hearing it from the prosecution and defence. We're getting behind the headlines to explain far more than the news reports you'll be reading, watching and listening to. 
and the importance of a fair trial is paramount, so we won't be getting into anything in this podcast that the jury have not been told, because they are the 12 people who have to decide the outcome of this case. So Liz, it's Friday again, which means another bonus episode, and that's because we wanted to bring everyone up to speed with what the jury have been hearing about suspicions which were growing on the neonatal unit about Lucy Letby. Yeah, we've outlined previously that senior consultants had raised concerns about what they called an association between the deaths and collapses of babies in the unit and the presence of Lucy Letby as early as June 2015. But we heard this week that eight months later, a senior consultant on the unit was so worried after the deaths and collapses of more babies that he asked another doctor from a different hospital to carry out an independent review. Then, following the sudden deaths of two triplets, he said he asked a senior hospital manager to remove Lucy Letby from the ward, but jurors were told no immediate action was taken. And the following day, she allegedly went on to harm another baby before finally being taken off the unit. Welcome to episode 24, The Tipping Point. So let's explain at the start that we've called this episode The Tipping Point because that's what the jury have now heard the consultants on the ward had reached after the deaths of brothers, baby O and baby P. In the last few days, Caroline, the jury have heard from some of the key consultants on the neonatal unit who said they demanded that Lucy Letby be removed from the ward in June 2016. They claim they went to hospital managers more than once as their suspicions grew. But on each occasion, they claim, their request was refused and their concerns were ignored. And when Lucy Letby was finally removed from the unit, the court heard hospital managers wanted to reinstate her and refused for 11 months to bring in the police. In the end, it didn't happen, and it was two years later when Lucy Letby was arrested. So to understand properly what we've heard this week, we need to go back a bit to what the court was told about when these suspicions started. This was after the death of baby D, which we covered back in episode 6. This was the point when one doctor on the unit started to look at what was going on a little more deeply. And today we'll hear an awful lot from Dr Stephen Breary. Baby D died in the early hours of the morning on June 22nd, 2015. And the prosecution say Lucy Letby deliberately killed her by injecting air into her bloodstream. She was the third baby to die on the unit in the space of just over a fortnight. You might remember a twin boy, Baby A, had died on June the 8th, followed by another boy, Baby C, six days later on June the 14th, followed by Baby D, eight days later on June the 22nd. And so it was after the death of Baby D that Dr Breary, the senior consultant in charge of the neonatal unit, decided to carry out his own informal review of what was happening. He said he noticed Lucy Letby had been on duty and looking after those babies, that she was present. He told the court that he discussed his findings with Dr Ravi Jayram, another consultant who was in charge of the neighbouring children's ward. So Liz, this all took place in June 2015. Four months later, in October that year, this association or link between Lucy Letby and the babies was raised with hospital management. Now jurors have not been told exactly when the link was flagged but they have heard that around the end of October, another baby girl, baby I, died on the unit. We covered her case back in episode 14. 
Lucy Letby is accused of murdering Baby Eye by injecting air into her tummy and bloodstream. And you may also remember, her parents received a sympathy card from Lucy Letby after her death. Coincidentally, on the day of Baby Eye's death, the court heard that an email was sent to staff raising concerns about an increase in mortality rates on the unit. So the consultants were starting to wonder if these events, as they called them, babies becoming suddenly ill, babies developing unexplained rashes and babies dying, were linked in some way to Lucy Letby. And at this point, their concerns were escalated to Alison Kelly, the Director of Nursing. Her response, the court heard, was, It's unlikely. We'll see. That was in October 2015. Another four months passed and in February 2016, another baby, Baby K, suddenly collapsed on the neonatal unit less than two hours after she was born. The prosecution say Lucy Letby caused her collapse because she tampered with the ventilator tube helping her breathe. It's important to say here that they do not allege that Lucy Letby was to blame for her subsequent death. For Dr Jram though, Baby K's collapse was pivotal because he claimed he saw Lucy Letby standing over her cot around the time of her collapse, but doing nothing to help. And also by this time, Dr Breary had enlisted the help of an independent neonatologist, Dr Nim Subadar from Liverpool Women's Hospital. He wanted Dr Subadar to analyse the unit and the increased death rate among babies. The court heard that the review didn't identify a reason, but at a meeting to discuss its findings, Dr Breary said Dr Subadar flagged Lucy Letby as a common factor during all the collapses and deaths. And afterwards, Dr Brewery said he sent the report to Mrs Kelly. He also sent it to the Head of Safety and Quality, the Medical Director and Arian Powell, the Manager of the Neonatal Unit. Dr Brewery also demanded an urgent meeting to discuss the consultant's concerns. But his request was ignored for three months, Dr Jram said. He also told the court the pair faced pressure not to make a fuss. So Liz, now we're up to June 2016 and the death of baby O, which we outlined in Monday's episode. He was one of identical triplets, born seven weeks early at the Countess. Two of the brothers collapsed and died within 23 hours of each other, and the prosecution say they were both murdered by Lucy Letby. Dr Brewery said aspects of baby O's collapse and death were so unusual, so out of the blue and doctors could find no natural reason for it, that he was planning to escalate his concerns to hospital managers again the following day. But before he had the chance, Baby O's brother, Baby P, began to deteriorate, and he died. Dr Brewery told the court that when the boys died, he decided something had to be done. He said it was hospital practice to hold a debrief for staff when a baby died, and the death of the two brothers on successive shifts had left many of them distressed. But Dr Breary claimed Lucy Letby did not appear upset or distressed at all in the meeting. She also rejected his suggestion to take the weekend off to recover. He said he did not want Lucy Letby on the unit the following day, which was a Saturday, so he telephoned Karen Rees, the executive on call on Friday evening. She was a senior nurse in the urgent care division. He asked her to formally remove Lucy Letby from work until an investigation could be carried out into what had happened but she refused. Dr Breary told the court, Karen Reese said no, and that there was no evidence. I put it to her, was she happy to take responsibility for this decision in view of the fact that myself and my consultant colleagues wouldn't be happy with Nurse Letby going to work the following day? She responded that she was happy to take that responsibility. I said, 
if anything happens to any of the babies tomorrow, and she said she would be able to take that responsibility, that's where the conversation finished. So Lucy Lett became to work as usual the following day on Saturday, June the 25th, and this is significant because the prosecution say she struck again. It's their case that on this shift she tried to murder the final baby in this case, baby Q, who we'll hear much more about in a couple of weeks' time. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ben Myers Casey, Lucy Letby's barrister, accused Dr. Breary of being biased. In a lengthy cross-examination, he questioned him about exactly when staff started becoming suspicious of her. And Mr. Myers reminded jurors that Dr. Breary and his colleagues had first linked Lucy Letby to the collapses and deaths back in June 2015. But Dr. Breary strenuously denied any bias and told the court that at that first meeting he'd actually commented, It can't be Lucy. Not nice Lucy. Mr. Myers said that if Dr. Breary had suspected someone of harming babies on the unit, he could have blown the whistle and gone to the police himself. Dr. Breary insisted he repeatedly tried to flag concerns through the correct channels at the hospital. Pressed about exactly why he didn't make a formal complaint or go to the police, Dr. Breary told Mr. Myers, You're making it more simplistic than it was. It was not something that anyone wanted to consider, that a member of staff was harming babies. Actually, the senior nursing staff on the unit didn't believe this could be true, up until the point and beyond when the triplets died. That year was spent with myself and colleagues with increasing suspicion after every episode. None of us wanted to believe it either. This all became very exceptional, and it took a step back to think about it. The nature of these collapses, the unexpected nature of them, the lack of response to resuscitation, the unusual rash noted on a number of occasions, and each time the association with Nurse Letby. And he told the court that once Lucy Letby was removed from the unit, a few days after the triplets died, there were no more events. It was the same staff doing the same job, and there were no sudden collapses. 
So Lucy Letby was removed from the ward and allocated to what was called other duties after the death of the two boys. Dr John Gibbs described their deaths as the tipping point in court. But even after she was taken off the neonatal unit, Dr Gibbs said managers remained reluctant to get the police involved. In the 11 months before the police got involved, after we raised concerns about the triplets' deaths, senior managers were extremely reluctant to involve police to discuss what was happening. We had to keep insisting the police be involved. Dr Gibbs also said managers even tried to get Lucy Letby back to work, against the wishes of the neonatal team. He said doctors told management they would only agree to that if CCTV cameras were installed in every nursery. After the deaths of the triplets, because concerns had reached a tipping point, safety measures were introduced and one of the key safety measures, which the consultants were insistent on, was Lucy Letby be removed from the neonatal unit. That was not a simple, straightforward decision. A month later, senior managers wanted staff nurse Letby to come back on the unit and we said that should only happen if CCTV was put in each room in the unit. Over the next 11 months, we had to resolutely resist repeated attempts by management to have staff nurse Letby come back to the unit. But she didn't return to the ward and she was eventually arrested in July 2018. Lucy Letby denies harming any of the babies in this case. So that's it for episode 24. We'll be back again on Monday as usual to outline what the prosecution say happened to baby O's brother, baby P. He died less than 23 hours after his brother. I'll be in court to listen to the evidence and you can read my daily reports in the mail and on Mail Plus. You can give the podcast a rating and you can follow us on Twitter at Lucy Letby Trial or send us an email at thetrialoflucyletby at gmail.com. And we'll both be back next week. See you then. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.